Howdy, howdy, y'all, and welcome to the cast. We've got a lot to cover today, but we're going to start where we always start, exploiting human tragedy for content. I'm obviously referring to the horrible tragedy down in Florida, the shooting at the Orlando nightclub Pulse. Look, let's be serious for a second. Politicizing a tragedy is inhumane. It's a trash move. It's terrible. Unless, of course, I agree with what you're saying. In which case, everything is politics. Let no good tragedy go to waste. But honestly, if I thought that a tragedy could affect political change, then I'd be out there committing a lot more atrocities. You know, I, I think sticking with uh, the assassination of political figures like uh, the murder of Antonin Scalia. Uh, is a much better and more productive and efficient use of your time if you're looking to affect political change. Look, there's a lot of layers here to unpack and a lot of different angles we could be talking about. International terrorism, the hate crimes against the LGBTQ community. But the thing I want to talk about, and the thing that I think most people have actually been talking about, is gun control. I just think there are some common sense measures, really one specific common sense safety measure that I I think, frankly, most right-thinking people in this country are in favor of, including proponents and opponents of the Second Amendment and what it stands for. And look, everyone knows this is a bit of a political third rail. It's really hard to enact you know, this type of common sense legislation. We get tied up in the principle behind our political points of view and have a lot of difficulty articulating a straightforward pathway that actually includes nuts and bolts changes to policy that affects things on the ground. It isn't just high-minded rhetoric. So in the spirit of offering solutions instead of just complaining about the problems, I have a solution for how we can get more guns in the club. Hit the horns. Look, it's obvious that the problem in Orlando was not enough guns in the club. Not easy access to assault weapons, not a broader culture of violence and intolerance. And I know what you're thinking. Wait, didn't people at the club actually have guns? And the answer is yeah, a couple, but not enough. Everyone in the club should have a fucking gun. So what I'm suggesting is a law modeled after the Kennesaw, Georgia law that requires all homes to own a gun. That is a real fucking law. You can look it up and apply those same principles to the club. Look, the metal detector industry can definitely handle the slight increase in uh, requests. Basically, we just set up people at the door, bouncers are already there, and we just ensure that every single person coming in is strapped. And we can call it Plaxico's Law, after the famous New York Giant football player. Now, if you don't know why I would call it Plaxico's Law, uh, it's because Plaxico was really good at football. Definitely no other reason. He's just a great dude. 
Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, definitely don't Google Plaxico Gun Club Shoots Self Jail Career. Now, you may be asking yourself, wait a second, alcohol and guns? That sounds crazy. But hey, former Vice President Dick Cheney used to drink and go shooting all the time, and he definitely never accidentally shot someone in the face in a hunting accident. And you're right. We don't let people drink and operate heavy machinery, like driving a car. But let's be realistic about this. Cars are more deadly than guns. That shit is a fact. Look it up. So I say drinking, club, guns equals safety. You're welcome, America. Anyway, let's move on to our second favorite topic here at the cast, the impending election. You know, plenty of people ask me who I'm voting for this go-around, and I, I tell them the truth, which is I'm going to vote for who I voted for for the last four presidential elections, Lyndon fucking LaRouche. You know what they say, don't be a douche, vote LaRouche. But the reality is, is we all know Trump is going to win anyway. And look, I, I know what the polls say, don't come at me with that facts bullshit, the reality is, is Trump is going to win the election. You know, this is what I really appreciated about old Bernie before he not quite yet dropped out, but probably will drop out. Bernie understood that facts don't matter and conspiracy theories are king. Sure, Hillary had more votes and more pledged delegates, but you know, something, something, super delegates, the system is fucking corrupt. The system is fucking corrupt. Bernie knows it. I know it. Even Trump, a beneficiary of the corrupt system, knows it. And that's why Bernie and Trump are, are great products of our time. Because the reality is, facts are lies. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Donald Trump is out here with hotter conspiracy theories than even I could come up with accusing President Obama of working for ISIS. I mean, that's fucking genius. Then, pulling the Washington Post's press credentials when they reported on the story because he claimed he didn't say it. Then, the next day, claiming that he did say it when a Breitbart article backed him up. That is some real truth is hate. Love is hate. Truth is war. Peace is lies. Ignorance are facts. That's... The beauty of a Trump presidency and the greatness of our times. But look, folks, I'm not just going to come here and make a strong declarative statement based solely on my gut feeling. That would be irresponsible. What I'm going to do, as is commonly accepted practice, is state my take based on my gut feeling and a conspiracy theory to back it up. One of Trump's senior campaign advisors is a guy named Paul Manafort. I suggest you look him up. He's got a, certainly an interesting past. He's helped prop up uh, several dictators, um, including in sort of mixed uh, democratic countries like the Ukraine, and helping keep them afloat. Now, the important thing to know about Paul Manafort is he worked for George W. Bush's campaign, in addition to, to many others, in a distinguished career of working for human beings, I guess. 
And look, I, I mentioned W because the 2000 and 2004 elections were uh, when some of the loudest claims of voter fraud based on electronic voting machines were being tossed around by the media. And look, just because you haven't heard about it lately doesn't mean that they went away. They're still there. And I'm convinced that Trump knows how to hack into these voting boxes and change the election. He seems so sure he's going to win. He's not raising any money. He's not putting out any ads. He's just calling into fucking Fox and Friends. And you know what that tells me? That's somebody that knows they're going to win. Like, really, really knows. And you know what I say? Big up to him. It's one thing to steal an election in Ukraine where the Democratic checks and balances are weak and have only been in place for, you know, at best a decade and a half. And they've always had, you know, a lot of problems with foreign interference. But to steal a U.S. election, it's one of the hardest places on earth to steal an election. We're not talking about Sweden here. It's not that hard. But it's not easy. And look, the last person to steal a U.S. presidential election was Kennedy. And he got fucking shot for it. So all I'm saying is don't be weirded out when states like Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Florida all start to tip towards Trump. States that, I may add, have no paper trail with your electronic voting record. Just saying. Just saying, folks. Just putting it out there. Unironic non sequitur. I actually like Instagram's new logo. I want to give a special shout-out to the old lady at the dog park sitting next to me who said, sort of under her breath, sort of to me, sort of to herself, it's a dog park, not a people park. You, little old lady, are my spirit animal. Because that is fucking true. These people that bring their little kids to the dog park to run around and get chased by dogs and roll around in the fucking dirty park, those people have a problem. The dog park is for dogs. And speaking of my dog, I actually have a question for you. What's the etiquette on picking up other dogs' shit on the sidewalk if it's nearby to where your dog just relieves itself? I'm looking at fictional friend of the cast, Stephanie Muffins, and she's shrugging her shoulders. Yeah, what's the, what's the deal here? What am I supposed to do? It feels very strange that I should be held accountable for other dogs poop on the ground, especially if it's not immediately next to my dogs or something like that. Uh, I say that because the other day I had somebody stop me on the street and say, hey, you didn't clean up after your dog, which is fucking ridiculous because obviously I cleaned up after my dog, but it just so happened that there was some poop sort of nearby that this random lady assumed belonged to my dog's butt. Now, in general, this is sort of a problem for me. Way too many people have strong opinions on where my dog goes to the bathroom. I've had someone yell at me for my dog peeing on the sidewalk, maybe like six to eight inches from the curb, saying that the dog should be peeing even closer to the curb. That is fucking outrageous. We're talking about a New York City sidewalk. You know which semen is on a New York City sidewalk and you're complaining about my dog? Look, if you're walking around barefoot, on the fucking streets of New York, you've got other problems and you need to check yourself. And look, don't get me wrong, it's not like I'm all about the smell of dog urine, 
But look, nothing is fucking funnier than the fact that it reeks of dog piss right out front of every fancy building on the Upper East Side. It's just hilarious. All these uppity people, the type of people that want to complain to be about my dog going to the bathroom on the sidewalk, are in fact having their dogs relieve themselves right in front of their front doors, which is a very different situation, and creating a hilarious smell every time you walk past. The biggest irony of all is right where my dog was going to the bathroom is a place where three days a week, a giant pile of baking hot leaking trash is set out for the fucking pickup guys. Look, this is New York. If you want clean sidewalks, move to Zurich or Singapore or some shit. In New York, it's a little dirty. And if you have a problem with it, well, I know some dog walkers and I'm gonna organize them. And all of their dogs are gonna pee in front of your building. You know what they say. Sometimes you play the game, you get played. It's just the way it rolls. Sawi. And with that, I leave you. Remember, tell your friends. Leave me a five-star review on iTunes. Tell those bastards at Google to approve me for Google Play. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Retweet it. Like it. Fave it. Leave a review. Whatever. Just get this podcast popping, y'all. And as always, you're welcome. Godspeed. And enjoy.